What's up, dance friends? Welcome back. This is the Dance Coach Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Hale, and I hope everyone is having a lovely Friday. I really enjoyed doing last week's Q&A episode, so keep those questions coming, guys, and I will do another one real soon um, once I've gotten uh, more questions in. Today, today I want to talk about something I heard on a podcast. I'm always listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. That's why I have a podcast, because I love podcasts. And I listen to a lot of coaching podcasts because I'm a life coach. And um, it was really interesting. I was listening to Stacey Bayman's podcast, and she coaches life coaches. And she had on a guest who is a client of hers, and they were just talking about business and value and valuing yourself. And her guest said something really, really amazing in context to the things that we are willing to show up for in our lives for ourselves. And she was talking about how she coaches a lot of women in their like late 20s and 30s. And a lot of them, you know, are at that age where their friends are getting married. And she was saying, you know, like when it comes to things that you're willing to show up for other people, like you're willing to be a bridesmaid and there's the dress and the traveler and the bachelorette and all of the things. And like you might spend easily three to four thousand dollars, right? When you might not even have that money, but you're like, it's my best friend. I can't say no. Or, you know, whatever, whatever the rationale is. And she says, like, what if you believed you couldn't say no to yourself? And that like blew my mind. What if you believed you couldn't say no to yourself? Like, what would you do? What could you accomplish if you believed that saying no to yourself was not an option? If you just took it off the table? And this goes for anything. How many times do we set our like a goal for ourselves or set up a plan, whether it's a weight loss plan or you're trying to make more money or um, whatever it is, and you like commit to the plan, you make the plan, and then very slowly over time, you stop showing up for yourself. That's basically you saying no to yourself in that moment. It's not committing, which for me, I think when I talk about gaining confidence, self-confidence, um, you know, in, in the idea of like having your own back, right? So that you know that you can trust yourself. When you consistently make plans or set up goals and then don't show up for them, you are not building trust in yourself. You're out of integrity with yourself. You're saying you want one thing and then you're doing something else and those things don't match up. And then you're not really in a place where you can have confidence about what you can create in the world. And we do this over and over and over again. And I remember being in this cycle myself of not showing up for myself and, you know, being really good at staying on track for a short period of time, but then eventually letting myself go in terms of the things that I was trying to create in my life or really being excited about a new venture and then eventually like losing interest in it. Right. And it's probably always when it starts to get tough, right? We start to lose interest because we're not as like connected to our why at that point. So coming back to your why is always the most powerful thing. But what if it was also just like, you're not allowed to say no to yourself. 
You're just, it's not an option. What could you create? And I realized this in my life um, in a moment where I knew that I couldn't say no to myself. And that was three years ago. I was in probably the lowest point of my life. And I had been, you know, working through anxiety and depression my entire life um, since I was a teenager. It's very common for someone to have their first depressive episode um, when they're a teenager. And that definitely happened to me. And then it was but something that I was working through um, and still work through um, for a good 20 years. And I'd make some progress and then slip back. And I never really sought out like a concentrated therapeutic practice. I was seeing a homeopath for like about 10 years. Um, and there's a highly therapeutic aspect of that, but it was only once a month. It wasn't that consistent, like weekly support, um, working on my mind, working out some of these like beliefs that I'd had that I'd been carrying around from childhood, compounding my pain by being depressed and then beating myself up for being depressed and just thinking, you know, if I could just meditate well enough, if I could just keep a, a, a consistent meditation practice, if I could sleep enough, if I could, you know, use these tools better, then I wouldn't be depressed. And that just wasn't the case, right? There was nothing wrong with me. I just hadn't committed to myself to really being in a practice and a process that would address that in the way that I needed to, right? I needed to be in a practice where I weekly was coming up against these thoughts and having to negotiate them, work through them, understand them, feel my feelings, learn how to process pain and do all of those things. Once I finally got to the point where I was at my rock bottom, like I was dragging myself out of bed every single day, it hurt to be in that much pain, like to be in that much emotional and mental anguish was like physically painful. And I just realized I couldn't say no to myself anymore and that it was I was going to need to get help and it was going to have to be at whatever cost it was going to be at. So I started the search for a therapist and it was really important to me that I see somebody um, who was in the LGBTQ community, someone who understands it. I didn't care um, necessarily gender, but like being someone in the LGBTQ community, not just someone who like is an advocate or an ally. Right? I found a lot of therapists who say they dealt with, um, you know, I... I found a lot of therapists who said that they treated, you know, people in the LGBTQ community, but it was important for me at that time that it be like that my therapist actually be somebody who was LGBTQ in some way. So I went on my search and I came up with a therapist that I, you know, thought took my insurance. And as it came to it, he did not. And it was a pretty hefty price tag to see him. Um, but I figured, you know, I'll go for one session and I'll see what it's, what it's like and what it's all about. And I had that first session and I realized like, this is the person that I need. Um, and I made the commitment to myself that like, I was willing to find the money to pay his price, um, which is a pretty standard price. Um, and it, it was like I couldn't say no to myself. And because of that, because of not 
like because saying no was not an option and I was willing to commit to myself in that moment, that's where the majority of my growth has come from in the last three years was just that one simple step of not saying no to myself, of not saying that's too much money, I can't afford it. Because here's the thing, it's like, why in a situation when I cannot drag myself out of this, right, would I look at any price tag and say, oh no, I'm not worth it. Because if I was going to say that I couldn't afford to work with him, I wasn't saying that he wasn't worth the work. I was saying I wasn't worth it. I wasn't worth the amount of money that I would spend on so many other things, right? I've spent that much money on books in a month, right? Like I've spent that that much money on so many things that I don't even think about it. Right. Or like spent money the equivalent of that in a week on like little purchases that add up to that, that I think are worth it. But like, what were they really right? An extra coffee here. Oh, I really need to order this thing from Amazon and I need it tomorrow. Right. Whatever it is. I'm at Target. I'm like, oh, there's a mug. I I love this mug. Right. There's all these little purchases that I'd be willing to make that I think are things that I need that are going to make me happy. Why am I saying that like I'm not worth the money to really focus on the things that are going to help me once and for all climb my way out of that situation of the battle with my mental health. So I, I share this with you because I think a lot of times it takes something like that for us to believe that we're worth it. Right. And you know, when I was talking about value last week in the Q&A around no one else being able to like decide your worth or your value, but I think we do it all the time and we don't realize we're doing it. We're putting it on someone else. Like I could say like, oh, this therapist isn't worth that. But what I'm actually saying is like, I'm not worth spending that money on me to get the help I need. It seems right, like I'm saying no to the therapist's price, but I'm really not. I'm really saying no to myself. And think about all the little things every day, all the little decisions every day when you say, like, I'm not worth it, right? Where you put somebody else's needs above yours. When you say, like, I can't afford to take a nap right now. I can't afford to sit for 10 minutes, right? I have to show up for someone else in this this specific way that really is at my own expense. How many times a day do we all do that? I was doing it consistently every single day. Or thinking that I needed to show up in a way for my students that was depleting for me, um, that was not necessarily great for my body, right? Not giving myself the time to set myself up in a healthy way for my day, right? But then making sure that they were. And it's just like all of these little ways that I was like giving away pieces of myself, right? And thinking that other people deserved more of me than I did. And I think that this is just a really, really important thing to kind of consider in your life every day. Like where are you saying no to yourself? Because you don't think you're worth it the time, the money, the energy, the space? Where are you showing up for other people in a way that is 
depleting you and not allowing you to do the things that you need to do for yourself to take yourself to the next level. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, you're not good to anybody if you're giving everything away to them. Because when you have nothing left for yourself, then you have nothing left to give. So if you've given it all away without first thinking about what it is that you need, how you can give to yourself first so that you have something to give, then eventually you will have been so depleted and so worn out that you'll be done. You'll be like, well, I can't do this job anymore. I'm not available for my students. I'm not available for my partners. I'm not available for my for whoever. And you'll stop. You'll just stop being there for other people because you won't have anything left to give. And the thing is, is like for me, I believe that I'm here to be of service. I want to provide as much as I possibly can for other people. I want to give as much value as I can for other people. But I can't do that if I'm consistently saying no to myself. It's just not possible. So when I frame it that way and I think, okay, like, what do I need to do? What what do I need to say yes to for myself? It's a no-brainer. When I think of something, I'm like, yes, I need that. I need to do that. And this is different than just like indulging in pleasure. I'm not talking about like indulging in like chips or, you know, activities that um, are are like for pleasure's sake that are numbing, right? I do believe we need to put our own pleasure first, right? But what does that look like? That doesn't have to look like chips. That can look like books, right? Like think about the activities and the things that you're choosing to take care of yourself with. Like I don't think that chips are self-care, I don't believe that alcohol is self-care. Do I like to drink? Sure. I love a glass of wine at the end of the night. I like too. I love a margarita. Yeah. But I don't view that as self-care. That's a choice that I'm making, right? That comes along with some consequences. Like if I drink too much, I'll have a hangover. Um, I might be dehydrated. I might feel foggy the next day. So I'm choosing that knowing that it comes with a consequence. I'm not choosing it because I think that it's something that I'm doing that's taking care of me. That's filling up my well, right? Overeating on chips or cake or whatever is not something that is actually filling up my well. That is actually taking me away from my best self. It's depleting me because then I'm going to be spending all of this extra energy beating myself up for participating in an activity that I know is not good for me. That's not filling my well. Filling my well looks like getting coached. It looks like listening to a podcast. It looks like reading a book. It looks like taking a bath. It looks like going to bed early, doing all of these things. It looks like spending time with my dog and my husband. These are ways that I can continue to show up for myself and say yes to myself Some of those things cost money. Some of them don't. But that's not the point. The point is not the money. I am willing to spend the money on myself. I do think I'm worth it. But that's not the point of this conversation. The conversation is, are you willing to show up for yourself and say yes? Are you willing to take no off the table? Because I think if we're willing to take no off the table when it comes to ourselves, and maybe put it on the table when it comes to some other people in our lives, right? And doing things that we're going to resent later because we're out of integrity with ourselves, right? Because no one's making you do anything. No one's making you be a bridesmaid. 
No one's even making you show up to work. You show up to work for yourself. You show up to work because you want to work, because you want to make the money, because you want to share your message, because you, whatever it is, that's your choice. But if it's at your own expense, whether it be monetarily or energetically, you are going to have resentment. So put no, learn to say no with love to other people and let's like not make no an option for ourselves and not in an indulgent way, not in a way where we're choosing to feel good over feeling uncomfortable. That's not the way we do it. So that, that was what was, that really impacted me. Literally, I just finished listening to that podcast and I came down to record this because I was just like, yes, that's the thing. What if no was not an option? What if I couldn't say no to myself? And that even goes for the hard things. What if I like made a plan and I wasn't allowed to say no to it? What if I committed to making a certain amount of money? What if I committed to booking a certain amount of clients? What if you committed to booking a certain amount of jobs and whatever your job is, right? Your studio. What if you committed to getting a certain amount of students and you just kept not saying no to yourself? Like, no, it's not enough. I have to keep pushing for my goal. What would your brain do? Your brain would create solutions around that. What if you can't say no? You have to hashtag no choice, commit to the amount of students that you have. Your brain will go to work on that problem if you let it. But if you keep telling yourself that you're allowed to not show up for yourself, your brain is just going to default back to that because it's easier. It's easier to not show up. It's easier to say no to yourself. So I I hope this like blows your mind as much as it blew my mind. Um, I think that this is one of the most powerful things with thought work, with doing this work, is, is deciding that you're going to work through all of the negative thoughts and feelings that come up around setting up who you want to be in your life. And this is why I think coaching is so important. And this is why I'm so committed to it. So I hope you guys have a great week. Let me know what's going on in your lives. Reach out to me at the dance coach podcast at gmail.com. Tell me about your stories where you like, where no was not an option, where you just had to keep saying yes. And you just had to keep showing up. Shonda Rhimes actually has an amazing book. I think it's called like the year of yes, where she was just like, yes was her word. You know, it didn't matter what it was. She was just saying yes to everything, to all things. Um, and that was, I think, a really interesting experiment for her in her life. So maybe check that out. I really loved that book. Um, I don't like I read it a few years ago, so I don't really I can't fully quote it off the top of my head. Maybe if I had prepared for this podcast a little bit more, I'd have more to offer you in that. But I will link it in the show notes. Have a great week, everybody. And I will talk to you next week. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast and you are inspired to build more awareness, take more action and get more accomplished, you have to go on over to my website and get your free how to get anything done goal setting worksheet. In it, I walk you through my entire goal setting process from start to finish. And if you're interested in taking these skills to the next level, studying them and having one-on-one support for applying them to your life, go to www.chrishale.co. That's .co, not .com, to book your free consult today. Thank you.